Alright guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, if you would like to introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, I am Carrie Ann, or uh, you can call me Carrie. I am the CEO and founder of Carrie Esports, and uh, an avid fan of basically anything to do with FPS games like Valorant and CS. So, very excited to be here, and very, very interested to see what uh, is in store for us today. Happy to have you here. Uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, do you want to give us a little bit of an insight of uh, your esports org? Yeah, absolutely. So, Harry Esports was or is an esports organization that was founded initially as a meme. All I did really was tweeted, "Hey guys, what if I just started an org and named it after myself?" And it kind of got traction. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll start something then." Uh, uh, I am very deeply invested in games like Valorant and CS. And so, I mean, given the logistical factors of Valorant, uh, it made sense for me to dip my toes in with CS first. So that's where I kind of started. That was in June earlier this year. Uh, Now it's November. So we've been a few months into the progress of growing our organization and and fielding a team. Um, And so, yeah, we currently compete in uh, CS and CS only, but we are looking to expand into other titles, hopefully soon, uh, if not later. So... Just a yeah. little bit about Carrie Esports. So, if you don't mind me asking, um, because I know the NA scene's a little wishy-washy right now with the uh, yeah. CS. Um, can, you, can you elaborate a little bit on why you chose uh, CS over right now Valorant, which is popping off in NA scene at least? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's very evident that Valorant is ever so present in the NA scene, more so than it is in Counter-Strike. Um, I would definitely assume that the biggest reason why people tend to consume more Valorant in the North American region is because of the amount of pro players that have moved from um, Counter-Strike to Valorant. Uh, When the mass exodus happened back in 2020, a lot of these players uh, were on tier two, tier 1.5 teams in Counter-Strike. Most, most of them, I'm not saying all of them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, uh, or most of them rather, some, some, they weren't really getting paid. If they were getting paid or salaried, it wasn't a lot of money. There was not a lot of organizations really invested in, in Counter-Strike. And so when the mass exodus happened, a lot of organizations flocked to Valorant. Um, so, you know, since then, there, there's definitely been uh, a discrepancy in terms of player base and in terms of viewer base uh, in the North American region between Counter-Strike and Valorant. Um, you know, they're both very similar games. But a yeah. very different target demographic, um, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's also culturally as well, like how the game is run. I mean, of course, CS doesn't have you don't have like that <laughs> flying in the air or neon sliding through. So it's less yeah. to, it's less chaos on the screen to worry about or to understand. Where in Valorant, it's like you have to worry about like not only the guns and the abilities, but you have to also about like a little bit of everything, yeah. like each gun and everything. So yeah, is it? Would you say like um, that? NACS would make a comeback or is it like very hard for it to make a comeback in case of, you know uh-huh. Valve's antics of not really stepping in as much as unless when, uh, when they only matter like the only time they have ever stepped in for something is when they need to punishment or it's the major so yeah you absolutely feel like that's kind of like a little bit kind of a it's kind of fucked up that they they don't do that compared to Riot where they're all really hands-on on everything they touch mm-hmm yeah. So there is always a pros and cons to being laissez faire like Valve and being more involved like Riot. You know, you can you can shame and hate on Riot, but the truth of the matter is they are really really committed to fostering a community within the gra- within the game, uh professionally and casually. Whereas Valve is a lot more hands-off and lets tournament organizers like TSL, Blast, Dreamhack like handle a lot of the professional logistics of the game. Um so, wait. What was your question again? Just so, to do you do you see like NA coming back? See. Because I yeah. know like um, it's like do you think like the community itself can pr- uh, bring NA scene back, or do you feel like Valve can try to bring the NA scene back because it's kind of like yeah left for dust in a sense? Yeah, I think the sad reality of the situation is I don't think Valve is really going to step in anytime soon, especially with NA. You know, with a with a very thriving and and growing scene like eu counter-strike the fact that valve isn't as involved as well with eu um pretty much solidifies where they stand with na 
So the the real answer to that is it really hinges upon the tier two, tier three scene of amateur players or semi-professional players to to carry on the weight uh, that was once left by now pro Valorant players. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to have to be a collective effort from everyone in the tier two scene, from org owners, uh, org owners to production to casters to talents to players to people even watching in ACS to step in and cultivate that community that was you know, that became a vacuum for a little while. Um, so the answer to your question is maybe there is a potential. And, you know, the thing about Counter-Strike and why it will never die is because there are so many passionate people that still love and breathe Counter-Strike. They live and breathe. They love, live and breathe Counter-Strike. For sure. Um, and they're not going to let it go despite Valorant or Overwatch 2 or whatever FPS or class-based games that come along. Um they're not going to let it go. So NACS is not going to die. It is, you know, at the very worst going to shrink even more. But um, I think with the amount of committed and passionate people in tier two, I think there is a way and there is a possibility that it could be revived. No, yeah, for sure. Because it's um, if you, you could definitely look at it because, I mean, the, we'll just talk about like a very small portion of the community, the surf community. That's one of the most passionate communities in the world because there's like so many servers for that as well. That's that's the surf. And like they don't even play competitive CS or they don't even play the FPS. They just like to do that. And that's just a small part. And they've been committed for such a long period of time. But then you look at the competitive scene like FPL or ESEA where the people like that, it's they they're still passionate people because I mean, CS does have a, a it has a history compared to Valorant because Valorant, let's be serious, is still very young. Community is mm-hmm. very young uh it's mostly just people coming back coming from another game it's not really anybody grown from valorant that's like Mm -hmm. has made it like not a lot at least so do you do you find that the that's what valorant is lacking is a a dedicated community compared to cs because the cs community is one of i think in my opinion the most dedicated community in esports yeah if you can can, like agree or disagree um give me one second let me so to answer your question, Valorant is definitely a very new game in terms of how old it is compared to Counter-Strike, but also in terms of the community. So, you know, I'm going to go on a limb and say Valorant has a very dedicated community, not as much as Counter-Strike, because Counter-Strike's been around for, what, two decades? Very long oh, time. Yeah. So a lot of the people that are still playing Counter-Strike have grown with Counter-Strike. So they are very dedicated and they're never going to waver from the game. I think there is a different kind of dedication in the Valorant community and the CS community. In the CS community, the dedication led by a lot of the people still playing the game, um, they just want the game to to exist and survive and the professional scene to sustain itself. Whereas in Valorant, the dedication um, is with the intent of growing Valorant. So I can't say one is more dedicated than than the other. Like being in both communities, I think they're both equally dedicated, but because of different reasons. Valorant, they want the game to grow. Um, You know, for example, Game Changers, a lot of people are dedicated to fostering a safe, marginalized community uh, for uh, a safe community for marginalized identities. Whereas um, with Counter-Strike, that dedication is in, uh, is towards making sure that the game is going to stay around for a while. Yeah. Because um, we've seen how it turns out with other games like Team Fortress 2, where, you know, it's kind of <laughs> gone down the shitters, like there's a lot of cheaters. And I think for, for a while in Counter-Strike, that was a big issue in matchmaking, right? But Valve kind of sort of listened and they kind of turned things around, revamped the matchmaking system. So like that dedication from CS fans has ensured the game's longevity, regardless of like who leaves the game or how many people leave the game. For sure. I feel like, uh, I mean, people can agree, like see, uh, Valve really barely updated the game, in my opinion, until mm-hmm. Valorant started walking around. Because exactly. Right. Because I feel like Valorant was the first true tech 5v5 shooter that actually competed with cs i mean you can say overwatch like had its run but to be honest it never really put up a challenge against cs because cs was Mm -hmm. just that it was just that solidified and that good of a game but i feel Mm -hmm. like ever since valor came around like you'll see like now the m4a1s got buffed ever since because Mm -hmm. it was just left in the shitter for like 
years now. It got buffed, and then like they bringing new maps in. They're like developing new things. Um, do you think like it took them too long for them to actually update the game? And do you think they're essentially shooting themselves in the foot for just not even like really communicating with the team? Because I mean, look at Riot. With Riot, you can just go to a game and then you can randomly run into the one like a developer, like a social media manager. Mm -hmm. I ran into one like two months ago, like just a random social media manager from Riot. And he's like, oh, yeah, I help Great Chamber. And then like, it's just like he was like a random rank game. But then in Valve, or I mean, not in Valve, in CSGO, like you you don't really run into like Valve employees. I think it's like mm -hmm. maybe one or two that actually talk to the community. Do you feel like yeah. that's just hurting the game? Or do you feel uh, like what would you do or what would you say that would help? see us grow even more yeah um i think the the thing with valorant is that their developer team and their general team they are so well versed and well involved in the community in various ways some even play the game you know some are on twitter and they're constantly communicating with the audience and their followers and other you know bystanders whereas in counter-strike i couldn't really tell you who is the social media manager for counter-strike mm -hmm. uh twitter account i can't really tell you who the developers are i can't really tell you all these sort of stuff that you would know from riot and the valorant developer team um so the way to really salvage counter-strike i think comes in multiple parts i think there has to be much more of a push from valve which is like asking for like a it's a lot. <laughs> it's asking lot. for a lot because if they don't if they don't even, you know, like not to say they don't give Dota to the time of day, but if they don't even exercise as much of a presence in Dota 2 anymore, who, who like who who's going to say they're going to exercise the same kind of presence in Counter-Strike, you know, like they left TF2 out to dust, you know, like they're. I think CSGO and, and Dota 2 are their two title, like really in big titles. And it just seems like they have a very laid back approach. Um, so I think if they take a more proactive stance on ensuring that Counter-Strike is still well accounted for, the updates are good, they're listening to their community. And I, I think they do do it. Like mm. my assumption of the Counter-Strike world is that there are a bunch of dedicated passionate developers and map designers and all these sort of stuff right but it's not as big it's not as fleshed out as riot's team riot's a massive company valve is too but you don't really see much of a presence from valve so i think more proactiveness from uh valve um getting involved in majors making sure that you know tournaments are not taking advantage of teams and players I think that's one, but I also think um, it's really hard to say because CS is one of those games that has been around for decades. Um, so a part of me also thinks like, you know, this is like the natural direction for a game that's been out for 20 years to go in. Sure, it'll never die, but it's definitely not as popular as it used to be. And that's OK. Maybe it's just going to be the niche FPS game for veterans or people that have been in the the FPS scene for a long time. So I don't know. It's a very difficult question because I feel like a lot of parties within CS have tried to fix what's going on. But it's still not it's not necessarily yeah. working either. Because, um, I mean, you can look at the smaller tournaments that like Valorant have from like uh, the 10K weeklies, the 1K weekly. It's just like it's brewing and like developing like talent within or i mean at least let's talk about na it's actually like brewing and like developing talents it's like hey do you want tournament experience here you go do you want you put your name out there here you go here's some tournaments you can join some weekly tournaments here's like a thousand dollars here's ten thousand dollars i think the biggest like tier two tournament was like twenty five thousand was like here's just like here you go like join then you can put your name out there and then you can get you can meet new people but i feel like with uh with cs i feel like it's not as um it's not as watchable like you don't see that or like the personnel is not there so you'll never see a simple join a t2 like a tier two uh tournament mm -hmm. it's just like not it's not worth his time but then like you'll see some people like from at least when ghost was still competing when like you'll see ghost you'll see like cloud nine you'll see all mm -hmm. these big orgs like hey they're joining these tier two orgs just to get some reps in at least but yeah i feel like that's that's also another thing that's slacking because if you're not in a tier one if you're not in a tier one tournament nobody really cares in cs I feel like or not yeah. a lot of people watch it, which unfortunately sucks because like as a person who watches tier one CS, it kind of sucks because 
how are we supposed to develop young talent or like young talent supposed to be coming to see us when you're not even giving credit to them? I mean, it, I think Valve tried uh, is trying to do that with Game Changer at least. They're trying to develop Game Changers or like not Game Changer. It's called Impact, correct? Impact, yeah. Impact. But uh, I don't even know if like it, I haven't really been keeping up with it as as much as I should. But I have. Do you think that they're doing a good job with that side of CS? So um, ESL Impact. It's not run by Valve. It's 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 run by the third party organizer like ESL, ESL okay. is. Um, comes very late into the game, a year and a half or so after Game Changers. Impact should have been done five years ago. Well, yeah. 10 years ago. Um, and I, this is not to say that the female side of Counter-Strike has never existed. There has been yeah. um, attempts made. Like there's WESG that happened a few years ago. CLG Red won it. You know, like the G2, the EU G2 team that competes in Valorant now, Beanie, used to be a part of um she came from counter-strike i i forget what team she was on in counter-strike um but they they all came that roster came from counter-strike so you know counter-strike has been the foundation for a lot of players men non-men women um but valorant and especially riot has given the opportunity for these players to thrive like for instance, like Wardell was like a middling, like, or let's actually not even Wardell. Tens. Tens was a middling player in Counter-Strike at best. He had the aim, but, you know, very super young. And um, he played for Cloud9 for a little while and, you know, yeah. has always been floating around in the MDL ECL stage. Goes on to Valorant. Valorant gives him all this breadth of opportunities. And now he's on Sentinels. He's literally the best person or best, most well-known character or per figure in the world of Valorant. So... You know, I say all this with regards to Impact because Impact came way too late. It should have been a foundational infrastructure put in place years ago. Um, and that's the problem with Valve. They're always there. The thing is, that Valve and Counter-Strike is a game changer. When it first came out, game changer revolutionized the FPS genre. But they struggle to keep up with the times. Yeah. So Game Changers came first, and now everyone knows Game Changers as the go-to tournament for non-men and marginalized identities to compete in. ESL Impact some, was something that just happened like this year, early, uh, late last year. Should have happened a long time ago. And I, yeah. while I'm glad that the opportunity is there now, I feel like it's a little too late. I, I'm, it's there, but it's a little too late compared to Game Changers. It's not going to be as big as Game Changers as it should have. Yeah, you know, I did say once, like, maybe they'll catch up, but I thought about it even more, and I'm like, no, I don't think it... I'm very glad and very happy that Impact exists. It should have existed a long time ago, but it's like a second, or minute, a month. Like, it's too late. Yeah, um, because, I mean, and Valorant, let's be serious, it's like a brand new game, it gives fresh, it's still growing, you can still... It's easier... To be a bigger figure in Valorant than try to be a bigger figure figure in CS, I'm uh, in the female side at least, or like mm -hmm. uh, non men side. Which because if you go into like if if you're new to FPS and you're female and you try to grow into CS, it's kind of hard because there's already a lot of solidified figures. It's hard to kind of grow compared to Valorant. Well, you see like C9 Mel. Well, you see like um like all these other uh, like female t uh, players. Like they're not even like they're not dominating game changers. Like they'll go into ranked and they'll pub stomp these uh, pub stomp even like men as well. So it's also given an opportunity to like highlight. It's like hey, women have always been good at video games. Yeah. You just haven't given them a chance. And Here's the like thing though, yeah. um, C9 Mel, C9 Alexis uh katsumi jazzykins i think with the exception of bobsta they all came from counter-strike i've known these girls since counter-strike days yeah. like mel was uh i think she was an observer for nerd street she before she did all the pro stuff she was an observer for games um uh alexis played for an im team in counter-strike see the talent has already been there like Alexis was already playing and I think Mel was playing on a main or advanced team in Counter-Strike. Like I've played with these girls before back way back in, you know, CSGO 2018, 2019 days. They just never got the infrastructure. They never got the opportunity to really compete in something as big and as renowned and as well fleshed out as game changers. 
So, you know, maybe Counter-Strike may be their favorite game, but when that opportunity from Valorant came along, it's too good to pass up. And look at them now. They're Cloud9 yeah. White, right? So that's the thing. I, I will say that the talent has always been there. It just has not been exercised by tournament organizers. And when these TOs like ESL did, it's too late. You don't have a Mel in Counter-Strike. Yeah, the Mel's no, in Valorant. There's, there's not a... Uh, there's no... There's no uh, there's no one big figure in the mm-hmm. at least in the female CS scene where like it's like everyone can point towards it. And Valorant, you can name like five. And CS, yeah. I feel like you you it's too late and it's hard to grow it, which in my opinion kind of sucks because it's again it goes back to Va- uh, Valve not really touching the game. They updated mm-hmm. here and there just to try to compete or just try to be a little ahead of Valorant, but mm-hmm. minus that they haven't touched it. And I feel like that's gonna shoot them in the foot in the next three years. Because if they keep doing this, I feel like Valorant is just going to slowly and slowly just... They can only make their game better. Because, I mean, unlike League, I mean, don't me wrong, League is a very completely different game. It's a MOBA. It's hard to actually make the game 100% balanced. But Mm -hmm. with Valorant, it's like an FPS. It's easier to make a game balanced. So if Mm -hmm. you can't do that, if you can only make better tournaments, if you can, you know, develop Tier 2 scenes, if you can develop the Game Changer scene, it's kind of hard. It's like... You can only get better from there. And it's like, mm-hmm. everyone's going to be like, hey, Valorant's like a no-brainer for me. That, I feel like that's why a lot of people switched. I mean, if you mm-hmm. talk to pros right now, you could just talk, you could ask them about how their CS experience was. And they're like, I mean, they, they'll they say it's good, like the game itself, but when it comes to organizers and like actual help, it wasn't, it wasn't like there. There was no like direction people were given. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can agree with that as well. No, I agree. I mean, I think Vanity talked about it in one of his tweets. Vanity used to play for... Um, this team called chaos right and chaos was a very good team that made epl and they could have gone to europe um they weren't gonna go to europe they were gonna compete in europe but they didn't have the infrastructure to get themselves over to over to europe i believe or something like that either way vanity anthony talked a lot in his tweet about you know how they struggled in counter-strike and the reason why they made the move to valorant is because at the end of the day, you can play the game as much as you like, grind the game as much as you like, but if we don't have any money to pay for rent, what 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 do you do? Like you yeah. can't I don't get electricity, I don't get food, like eventually it comes down to a I need sustenance for my livelihood. And so, you know, as much as a player can really enjoy Counter-Strike as a game, if the tournament side of it, if the organizational side of it on the professional side, is unable to fend or take care of these players, they're going to switch. And that's what, what that's literally what happened. Like a lot of people in MDL at the time when Valorant came up, they left, they up and left. And until this very day, there is still a vacuum to be filled. I don't, I don't think we've, in my personal opinion, reached the quality of players that we had a few years ago. That is at the same level now. Like that is an ECL level. Yeah. Um, that is my opinion and people can disagree on it but i i really do think we're getting there like the talent is is growing they're growing up they're they're refining their qualities but when these guys left to valorant that was a huge vacuum that is still something that we contend with in the scene today for sure i mean and you can also talk about personnel like look at riot they add like they got little nas x to come in and like for league at least they're like you're like hey little nas x comes in and he's he's like performing at a league of legends this is an esports this is like a big artist and you're he's coming and performing at like at a world's event so like i feel like Val, uh, like valve hasn't done that where they brought a big personnel that's not into gaming that's not a gaming at all to like really represent their game and i feel like there's that also as well and then you can also add the fact that like um i feel like appreciation as well i feel like valve because i mean you look at riot they they make they come out with articles they come out with stories about these content even content creators not even pros and that's also like a big side of it because i feel like content creation within your game just builds up on it i mean look at look at valor look how many content creators is really build up you'll talk about like flex ninja you'll talk about like um ethos you talk about like uh willis like all these guys like these guys have like really built up the game and they not only are they playing the game they also talk about the esports side as well so like it's also like hand in hand and i feel like that's something that val that, that csgo really lacks is content creation or at least content creation for everybody in my opinion yeah no um there has been efforts made by amateurs and semi-professionals in um 
I would say like ECL level, advanced level to stream and create more content. But if like the, the, the issue that, that really occurs here is that most of these players have school, they have jobs, right? They come home from work, they come home from classes. And what do they do? They scrim, they scrim for hours. Um, maybe if they had more money or, or salary by like an organization, they'd have the means to, to kind of have a safety net, a backing, um, in that like they can pay for their food, they can like cover their rent a little bit, but if they don't have that, they don't have time like to, to create content. Most of these guys are kids, they're young mm -hmm. adults, teenagers. So it's really hard for these creators or these players to really create content when they simply don't have the time, the resources or the effort. I don't blame them one bit. You know, I wish, you know, I really do wish a lot of these players had the ability to create more content, but like there is just more investment into Valorant from organizations. And even like, I call them like Twitter orgs, like devour or synergy. There's a lot of investment. You don't have like orgs like that in CS that like mm -hmm. funds yep. creators to do the stuff that they're doing. You don't. And so now the issue really is if there's no one to do that and no time to do that, then what do we all do? So that's like the big question that everyone in CS is all figuring out right now. Um, and, you know, to tie this into Valorant, I'd be curious to see how Ascension goes next year, how that system's going to play out, because I know a lot or a number of pros have expressed their concerns over how Ascension feeding into challengers is going to work. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll see people flocking back to Counter-Strike. You never know. Uh, can't say for sure until next year happens. But, you know, maybe we'll have a we won't have a big Exodus that we got in 2020. But maybe we'll see a couple pros or two like. Go you know, back. warm their way back into the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, of you, can only, you can only keep some. I mean, with that's what that's the cons of franchising. Because if you're gonna limit the amount of teams in one region, you're also gonna limit the amount of players and free agents in the game as well. Because a lot of these guys, as much as they want to, uh, as much as content they produce, they they have a competitive side. And if they can't itch the competitive side, they're gonna go somewhere else where that can be itched. And it's just it's also the tier two scene has been expressed because I know if you win Ascension, you're only in franchise for like a few years. I think it's not even permanent. Really? I'm what? Sure, I, I think if I read that right, I think you're if like, for example, if TSM, they're in Ascension, right? We'll give them an example. I don't think because they I mean, Valorant, they said that they're um every year they're going to extend the slot by one, I think, or one, two. They're like each region. They're going to slowly and slowly. But I don't think so. If an Ascension your spot is temporary. You'll be there for a few years, but then you have to fight in Ascension again, or unless, like, you buy your franchise spot. So it's very unclear. They haven't made Ascension clear enough where it's like, is it even worth orgs spending money on it? Is it a risk? Is it like... Yeah. Because, like, you'll see, like, uh, I don't know, like, Dignitas, Dark Zero, Ghost, they, uh, like, they all, like, essentially, like, are not... They're, they're gone. They're not in Valorant anymore. And they have content creators in Valorant, but they're not really in Valorant anymore. So... The only teams that I've noticed is right, right now is TSM and like um, Shopify Rebellion. I think that's one of them. And uh, a version one. They're the only teams that I think that are like, they were like one of the big teams that were in VCT, but now they're only, they're fighting for Ascension. And that's also something I've concerned because like, I don't want it to be a Valve thing again, where it's like, the tier two scene is so uncertain. We don't know what's going on. How are we supposed to qualify? Are we just going to get a bunch of kids just like anybody can join? Is it like you have to actually qualify to join? I don't like how they've done it because it's like you haven't made it clear to uh, like the players, especially like the people that actually like they gave up school for this. They give up school and then you're not even like, like you're not even explaining how ascension is and like these kids these people like they gave up school they gave up their job for this and the, the valorant is their life and you're not even really explaining it to them i feel like riot owes it to them yeah i think esports in general is very finicky when it comes to, so to sacrificing uh something like school something stable like school or work or something like that and you know like i feel for these players right they were sold a dream they were given a dream you know i could make it out you know i could I could be at 17, a signed content creator to energy or, or, you know, a, a pro player for nights or something like that. 
And then it's all taken away because Riot's like, well, we only have X amount of num uh, slots that we can give the team. Sorry about that. So I don't blame the players for feeling very stressed out one bit. But again, like I think there has to be something said about how fragile esports is. It's such a young industry. Valorant's such Valorant in particular is like what two and a half years old, yeah. almost three. It's so young. Um, you know, maybe if it was a game like Counter Strike and there is a system like Riot in Counter Strike, may you can make an argument. Okay, maybe this is worth dropping out for, or worth like sacrificing something for. But with a game that young like Valorant, where everything is volatile and Riot's constantly changing guidelines and and infrastructure, yeah. I feel for these players. I mean, esports it's rough. as a whole. Everybody can agree that esports is not a stable place in general. Nowhere. I mean, you look at any job you look at, like you'll be a content creator, you can be like a manager for esports, or but like one day your your job could just be taken away, or you could just be fired. I feel like esports is that people people think it's sunshines and rainbows, but I feel like. I mean, you've talked to people like we've talked to people like in the insides and it's like it's not really sunshines and rainbows. Like there's a lot of knit no. and greeny things and like they'll just I mean, I don't know if you saw like 100 Thieves like a thing two months ago. They fired like a bunch of their staffs just because they just wanted to lay off. It's like it's like one of those things. It's like, wait, what? It's like out of nowhere. They just fired like 10 people just because they're trying to get new people in. And it's just like out of nowhere, yeah. you could be the hardest working person there and your job could just be taken. I feel like people don't understand that, and I feel like people should always have a backup plan. In my opinion, esports is still too young to make a full-time living or, like, drop things into actually go. Because there's no system to esports. It's like, hey, you have to get lucky. It's There's no, there's no like, you can't go to school for esports. You either have to know somebody, you have to work as a side gig for somebody, or, like, you develop, or you develop your own brand, which is, like, even harder. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I feel like don't people understand? I don't know. I mean, you definitely have a more clear understanding of this because I mean, you're you're created carry esports. So I feel like you have more of a say and you can understand like you can kind of relate to this in a way. Yeah, hard. I mean, like, you know how I feel about this. Like, I am very, very grossly jaded by the world of esports. While my time working in the esports industry has been relatively short compared to other people, um, the opportunity I've had or opportunities I've had outside of esports far supersedes anything I've ever done in esports in terms of pay, in terms of benefits, in terms of like work life balance. Like esports works you to death. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be 17 or 34. You could be a veteran in the scene for all I know. It will work you to death. And it is really, really sad to see so many people, so many passionate and talented and intelligent individuals burn out within esports. Um, and you already start to, you're starting to see that crack in Valorant. CS, yeah, it's happened a lot in Counter Strike. But like Valorant, you see players literally like retire and just take a step back from the game and literally like yeah. don't touch the game. Because um, it's like, it's hard because you can only. You can only be satisfied with the game for so long if it's not off you. Because in reality, money makes the world go around. And if the money isn't good, it's not your, pa your money fuels passion. If not, there's not enough money, pa your passion can only take you so far. Because I know the only thing, the only community I know that actually has a lot of passion is the fighting game community. I don't know if really, really yeah, like their prize pool is little to nothing. It's dog shit. Everyone just travels. If you're everyone travels just for passion and just for bragging rights. Wow. Like the esport, the fighting game scene, a minus Evo, it's like the money is really not that good. It's like a tenth of what FPS has. So and they still play. They still play. They'll still travel. Wow. They'll still go around the world and they'll still because of the love of the game, of the love of the fighting game. And I feel like that's like me seeing that, and it's like damn. If, I mean, you can also make a living. You get signed to an org, and then org pays for all that stuff. But it's also hard. For I think esports, uh, passion is passion is hard to fuel. I feel like people don't understand that. It's like, oh, I can go in and I can. I, I would love this game. Why would I ever hate it? It's like, no, you don't really understand how yeah. difficult it is to actually love something for such a long period of time, especially in esports. Watching passion it, don't get me wrong. Yeah, what, I would. I could watch esports all day if I can. It's that entertaining. But actually working in it, it's actually very difficult. Passion can only take you so far. For sure. A hundred percent.
hundred percent. Because like you also you have to have a backup. You can't make this into a full time thing. I mean, you hear stories about people it's like I'm dropping out. I want to make content creation. I want it into gaming. But it's like that is something that is like not meant. Uh, you people highlight the oh look at him, look at him. But like people don't highlight like all the other people that failed. That actually yeah. is like you know what I didn't make it. I'm gonna go back. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's really rough. So. That's why, like, my biggest thing to creators or people trying to get into esports, and I, it's funny because we had this conversation earlier. Mm-hmm. Literally, oh, it hurts me to say it because I love esports and I still want to work in it. I'm very invested in Counter Strike, as you know, with Carry Esports, and yep. I follow the Valorant scene very closely. But even with all that involved, I don't know if esports is worth really, really investing your your time into unless you know yourself that you want to commit to to working these crazy hours unless you know that you know you are committed to seeing it through that you don't mind getting paid nothing or close to nothing because it it gets it, it it gets really bad as you know like it gets really bad contractors talents tos they get paid little to nothing sometimes in some games doesn't even have to be like fps it could be fgc it could be like sports games like they don't get paid much so you know when when and to bring up care esports the reason why i do it is because i don't want to be like a millionaire i don't want to make money off of esports i do it because i love the game and i do it because i specifically love counter-strike and i don't want the scene to 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 pretty much dissolve um and you know, I love Valorant too, but you know, the thing about Valorant and getting into Valorant, it's very expensive now. It's it's not an open system that it used to be. You don't see like you will never see a Cinderella story like a crew who like won what 34 Nerd Street games in a row yeah, or Nerd like Street a big ma- a win streak, yeah. Yeah, you won't see storylines like that anymore. A Cinderella story because it's a franchise system and for better or for worse, it's it is what it is at this point. And it's it's really now, it's just a new chapter for Valorant. Um, and it is going to be very interesting to see how that unfolds. For sure. I think, yeah. Uh, and also, we got to do, we, we, eSports still has a lot of growing pains. I mean, yes, there's... Yeah. There's, there's still, I mean, there are solidified eSports like League, Dota, and CS, who has definitely lived and exceeded the length of, like, most eSports that have come before it. Yeah. And seeing that it's it's good sign it's like a positive sign seeing a game last and still be even better for after 10 years it's always like it's also a breath of fresh air because you can also upgrade because i know source 2 has been leaked and like that has been teased so much for cs and i feel like after that that's going to really revamp the game as well because mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, have you been keeping up with the whole Source 2 thing going on? I don't know if it's even happening anymore. I've been hearing leaks again and again and again on my timeline. But to be honest with you, I really couldn't tell you if it's going to happen or not. And if it is going to happen, it's like a, when is it going to happen? What, exactly. like five, five ten years? How they, because I've noticed with Source 2 is how they're wording, how they're making it sound. It's like a brand new game. It's going to revamp Counter-Strike. Wait, where are you it, hearing this from? Oh, it's all over Twitter. It's all over Reddit. It's like data miners are finding this. Like this is like, uh, so Source Two has already been shown in Dota, and yeah. people are say- and people are showing it, and they're saying there's there's leaks going on around like it's gonna happen after the major. It's gonna happen after the after this year. We're gonna start seeing Source Two. They're gonna release it. It's just a lot of things that's been leaked. It's essentially going to revamp the game and make it more appro- like approachable because I don't. Let's be serious. CS kind of looks outdated visually. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. very outdated. Yeah, yeah you, you get it, like a you get my friend like my friends in a CS and they're like, this game looks like it was made in the '90s, and I'm like, yeah, that's why I love it. Yeah, no, no, it, it is. We, nobody can deny it, of course, because if you have a game that looks like in the '90s, it's harder to promote. It's harder to uh, just like make content over because it's like, yo, why are you playing such an old game? It's like, no, this is actually like a very popular game. And that's why I feel like Valorant right now is popping because it's look at the, look at these nice colors, look at the nice graphics. It's nice and beautiful. It's very promotable. And you also have the pros and cons with that. And uh, it's, you can't deny it because it, if a game doesn't look nice, it's not going to be, pr- it's hard to promote and it's hard to grow. Mm-hmm. 
because I mean it, it, it is how it is because um, yeah if you can like you know what I mean yeah exactly so because uh <laughs> I mean I hope because I want CS to grow I grew up watching CS I grew up watching these pros these pros are my idols so like yeah watching I know C- watching C like we've both been through this we watched CS grow we wanted to f- uh, thrive don't get me wrong we're both like we both love Valorant but we also love CS it's a healthy yeah. competition that should that should always exist because if one exactly. guy wants to have a monopoly, I mean, look at CS, kind of like it had a monopoly for like ten years. Had ten a, years, yeah. It had a monopoly for ten years. They don't really care because like, what are you gonna go? There's no other games like us. Valorant mm-hmm. comes up, it's like, oh shit! Now we actually have a competition. It's like yeah. and, it's going, it's getting the numbers are closing in, closing in, closing in. Let's let's break, let's keep the fan base within, and it's a healthy competition that should be because. We love both games. Of course, community can be uh, different. In community, yeah, yeah. The community could is 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 leaves a lot more to be desired on both yes. ends, especially. But you know, I like I said, I um, I think both games differ in terms of how their community can be controversial. There's no e daters in CS:GO. <laughs> Yeah, because everyone's married. Yeah. Everyone in Counter Strike's married. Like they yeah. all have kids. They have. They a go lot. outside. They have <laughs> kids, and like once they put their kids to bed, I'm gonna load up some Counter Strike and bully some teenagers in Counter Strike. No, kidding. I'm kidding. They don't do that. Like a lot of these guys that play Valorant with like their RCS with their ten year coin, they're super sweet. They're super no, nice. No, they're, they're chill people. Like you could be losing, and then everyone would be like, "Oh, we're just having a fun time. We're just vibing." Yeah, whereas you hop into Valorant and some like twelve-year-old kid's gonna be yelling at me saying slurs and obscenities just because I'm a woman. Like, yeah, you know, both games can be very toxic in their own right. But I, I have to say, Valorant takes the cake in terms of like how aggressive people can be. Um, whereas do you think CS Riot should step in. Oh yeah, I don't know what Riot sh- could do though. Like, I, I do think Riot should step in, but what, what, what do they do? I propose they should do a hardware ban. My opinion, because if you're, if you're going to go into a game with the intention of saying a homophobic slur, sexist and just be like racist. Yeah. Like, like I say, give them like a like give them an account ban. If they do the same thing and it shows like that account has been banned before. I say a hardware ban because like, in my opinion, like, why do you deserve to come back? And like, why are you like allowed to do this in your heart? Because in my thing, of course, you see CS. It's community based and look how much is thriving. I mean, to be honest, I'm seeing more and more sides like where people are just hating Valorant. And it's not even the game, it's people just hating the community and how like Yes. It's just yeah. not it's not because there's cringe things, but like CS, there's a lot of cringe, but it could be funny. Yes. There's content absolutely. and there's com- there's comedy within the cringe in CS, but I you rarely, rarely ever see that in Valorant. I think it's just because they're just so young. The people in Valorant are so young. But so there was like, a lot of there was a lot of young people when they uh, like when CS was still growing and they made wonderful content. That's yeah. So you can't. But, uh, that, I feel like the excuse of they're young can't be can't be used because like CS there was a lot of young, very young people and they made f- content. They made funny content. They were innovative about it and they just like it's just that that's what hurts about me because. I think all my for you page on TikTok, I don't know if it's for you. Like it's all just Twitch clips and just people screaming and then just like it's like it's the same old con- Twitch clip content. And that's what I've noticed a lot with the uh, with that compared to CS where it's like different content, like people trying new things, going to different events and all that. Cuz I feel like that's also like a big thing that Valorant and like Riot has like or a content creator as a whole is lacking is more creativity. I feel like Willis is the only one that comes to mind that has been really innovating when it comes to content. Yeah. So then, like, I'm curious. If you think that the youth in Counter-Strike back in the day were making much more substantial, interesting content, what is Valorant doing wrong? What is what is What essentially is wrong with the kind of content being made in Valorant? Especially, well, look, yeah, like, let, let's talk about, like, your For You page, for instance, like, if you see a CS clip, what makes that different from a Valorant? I feel like it's more... It feels more organic and it doesn't feel like it's pushed or it doesn't feel like it's forced, in my opinion. Where I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes in Valorant, where I feel like the comedy is a lot of... It's very pushed. If you can mm-hmm. understand... If you know what I mean. I'm not saying like all content is bad in Valorant. There's some really good content creators in Valorant. I mean, I love seeing the... 
like the editors, like the moves and all that. I love seeing all those people doing those crazy edits. And like, I love that kind of content. Like it's the, the, if it, like you could tell they put in at work. It's just for me, it's like, I want to see work being put in and like more community-based like events, more community-based like meetups and all that. And I feel like with, I feel like more content creators who are already solidified, if they did that, Valorant can only go up, up and up. And like, you can, you can grow more content in that. Uh, that's, uh, that's where I would usually think. Cause I mean, I'm, me and Denny would talk about it and we're like, man, I wish like, because I, we, we saw some Overwatch community and like Overwatch, they have some funny content. I, I don't know why that community is funny. That community is funny, but Overwatch is like, I'm going to be real with you, is the most toxic game I've oh, yeah. ever 100%. played. So bad. So I love that game. It's the only game I've been playing recently, but it's so bad compared to Valorant and Counter-Strike. I would play both so games toxic, all day. Yeah. It, well, I don't understand why. I, I know this is a Valorant podcast, but I'm really curious. Why is no, Overwatch... No, no. We, this is like, we could talk, we go on tangents. We love going on tangents. Go ahead. Yeah, why is Overwatch so to- I don't understand. I feel like it's funny because it's like the first time in relevancy since like 2017 they've ever had. So it's kind of funny why that community, I feel like the community is kind of gatekeeping as well. I don't know if you felt that way because like, like I'm a new player of Dummy Rock. I'm new. I've played like two hours of Overwatch one. I've barely yeah. touched that game. I come yeah. in and I'm, a, I'm genuinely addicted to Overwatch too. But yeah. It's just like people are like, oh, you're supposed to get, you're supposed to play the game this way, this way. I'm like, dude, I'm just yeah. trying to have fun. Why, no, literally. why are we like trying? So like, I'm trying to have fun. Like, calm down, guys. This is, we're not going, none of us are going pro. Like, if you're going pro, you wouldn't be in my lobbies. That, I'm just saying yeah. this right now. Dude, I would load into like gold lobbies and I'm like, why are you guys raging at me? Like, it's not that deep. And like, we, we can talk and compare Valorant and Counter-Strike in terms of community toxicity, but none of them holds any light compared to Overwatch. To Overwatch. It's just the gremlins. It's just the gremlins in that game where, like, they're just, like, sitting there. They've That's, like, their 10th game they've queued or, like, their 20th game they're queued and they're just losing. And they just take it out on people. And it's, like, that's why it's, like, it, it, to me, I just laugh about it because I'm, like, damn. Uh, it's, like, Valorant all over again. It's, like, you'll lose five rounds in a row or you lose pistol in, like, two more rounds. And then it's, like, all right, guys, FF. It's, like, dude. Yeah. We haven't even tried yet. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. It's just, like, it, it, it's interesting because I've never experienced, because in CS, I'll lose ten rounds in a row and everyone's just cheer and everyone's just vibing and having a yeah. good time. Because that's what pisses me off about, because that's why I've, I've barely, uh, I because before I've played Valorant almost every single day. I'll play Valorant yeah. for two, three hours every single day, but now I can barely play one game. It's just really? because like, people just like, I don't know if you, I don't know when recently you've played Valorant, but like I'll queue in, we'll lose three in a row. And then people, someone will say something, will just piss somebody off and it's just chain effect. Oh man. It, it just pisses me off because I'm like, guys, first of all, none of you are going pro. Second of all, it's just like what are we doing here it's just like let's try to find let's have fun i know we're losing we want to win but let's have fun as well and that's also that kind of annoys me and because valor as a game the concept like the abilities the map it's it's amazing i love it i love the diversity they have in the game where like they Mm -hmm. bring different cultures within the characters i love that but when it comes to like like some players it's like why are you getting so angry over like a ranked game like why are you trying to ruin someone else's ranked game especially like for example, if a girl if a girl even speaks or says a call out in the game, mm-hmm. like everyone's like, all right, I'm throwing now. It's like, what? Like, yeah. what's what's going on? It makes no sense. I mean, yeah, you could say it's young, but at the same time, it's like you can ban this account. I think one of one of my friends, his name is Darth. He got yeah. into a game where the guy's name is this is my eighth account. How can you how can someone make how can Riot allow someone to make eight accounts? I mean, that says more about the the player than it says about Riot. Like, why are you making eight accounts? Just, like, touch grass or something. And I think that account got banned, so I'm, I commented <laughs> and I was like, uh, the guy's next account is going to be this is my ninth account. That's ridiculous. Okay, like, I, if that's the case, I could definitely see an argument being made for hardware bans. But, like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like if you're goofing around with friends, like, I don't think that should warrant... Uh, no, it's not goofing around. It's the f- it's <coughs> when you say slurs and when you say sexist things. Mm. That's where it deserves a hardware ban. If you're just joking around, if you kind of like roast someone for their aim, it's a joke. Shouldn't be off. Mm. It shouldn't be of harm. It's like if you make fun of someone's crosshair pillow, as a joke. It's like it's fine. But if so, if you're just like targeting someone just because they're like transgender or they're a woman, it's like, dude, 
like you're not even trying to be funny you're just trying to like be edgy yeah it's not funny it's like you trying to be edgy is it working especially in today's age it's like just that being that kind of joke it's like not funny not it's not that it's funny it's that like it's just like not applicable to you know what i really like i love the mute button in any and all games (laughs) oh the mute button's beautiful because like They'll start like, pinging you and throwing abilities at you. Yeah, well, that's fine. They can pay me, but I'm just going to be chilling, not listening to them. Or in Counter-Strike, uh, I also do this in Valorant. I'll turn them down to like one, like very, very quiet where I yeah. can't even hear them. And I'll see them like I'll see their like little sound symbol saying that they're talking, but I don't know what they're saying. So I'll just keep talking over them while they continue to rage at me. I don't know if that's toxic, but it's like I don't mute them, so they know I can still hear them, but well, I actually counter- can't. Countering the toxicity, so it's not really toxic. Yeah. Because you're countering it, so like you're chilling. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That makes me feel a lot better. I don't yeah, know no. if that in, in itself is toxic, but it's like sometimes I don't even want to hear you say all this stupid stuff. It's just yeah. like I'm trying to have a good time. Just I play video games not because I, I want it to be my career. I play it because it's fun. You come home, you come home from work, school, etc. Yeah. You just kind of come vibe out and chill. Especially with friends. Yeah, it's like, like I don't want to get yelled at by like some gremlin in a game. I'm like, no, I'm not I'm not listening to you. Because it's it's completely opposite. It's weird to me because I went to the me and Danny went to League Worlds event in New York and How was that? I've, it was amazing. Genuinely one of the best if if you love esports, I highly recommend everyone go to a tier one event. Genuinely one of the best experiences you'll ever have. It's amazing. 100%. I don't know LCS much though. Is it even worth going even if you don't know? Do you do you do you play League at all? Yeah, I do, but I don't watch Pro League. And to be honest, just going there for the atmosphere because I went with my older brother. I gave my older brother. He has never touched League in his life and he said he had a bl- he had a fun time. Really? He has never touched League and he's like, "Oh yeah, this was like a fun time." Like every he was just chilling. He loved the atmosphere. It was amazing. Yeah, you might not know what's really going on, but it's like a fun time. It was genuinely a fun time. And I tell everyone, if you, it's worth it because I mean, let's be serious. It was a bit expensive. It was three hundred dollars a ticket. It is expensive, but I say I told myself I'm like it's worth it. Genuinely, yeah. I I don't regret a single cent paying for it because it was a memorable moment that I won't forget. Where was it? In it New was York? in New York in MSG. It was MSG. MSG. That's crazy. Yeah. It was at the MSG. St- uh, then I met. I saw like one of the best best of five ever played. It was just oh, it was amazing. I say because, like, we went there, everybody there, like, everybody who played League was just a bunch of gamers, and we were all just vibing, talking to each other, chilling. Like, it was amazing. I think, I, uh, like, the guy in front of me, I was talking to him, and he was just from Korea, and then he was speaking perfect English, and he was just telling me, he's like, oh, yeah, I love League of Legends. It's, like, the best game ever. Like, we were just chatting. It was just, like, a bunch of gamers. It was chatting because it's so funny, because I'll go to an event, everyone's normal, but when, so, for some reason, in ranking, when they had the screen, it's just their act weird. Yeah. It's just, well, uh, yeah, I, uh, unfortunately, nothing <laughs> ever happens in the East Coast, like at, at least tier one events. I've never had rarely anything happens in the East Coast. Yeah, so. I mean, there's been a couple like really significant ones in Counter-Strike, like Boston Major, Atlanta yeah. Major. There hasn't really like in terms of tier two CS and tier two Valorant, you have like <clears throat> Fragadelphia, Nord Street Champs in like Philly. But yeah, there really isn't like a tier one like massive event i really I, want that yeah i was suggesting i told i told my friend i was t- we, had, we had a discussion i was like if valve wants to ever revive the csc they should have a major in na yeah i i i told them like if they ever want to bring back nacs they should have a major in na and it would in my opinion revitalize the series it would just take one major in na to revitalize the series because you'll have Tarek, someone like Tarek, who's really big in Valorant right now, who would come like and came support. came from him. CS, yeah. Yeah, he came from CS. He'll come and support. He still supports the major, and he still supports CS. He, if you have someone like him still supporting it and coming into NA and like representing CS at least, it would make it would bring back the CS scene, and that's why I was saying because I know after Brazil the next one is in Paris, but I feel like that after the one in Paris they should have one in NA because we haven't had one since again the Boston major. That's true. We haven't had one since the Boston Major. That's exactly. Crazy. That's why I, I mean I made the argument. I was like, if they have a major in NA, 
every that would be a sold out crowd if you had it in madison square garden if you had it in like texas if you had it in la anywhere out it would be sold out in a heartbeat everybody and who wouldn't want to go to a cs major it's one of the biggest events in the year or an esports yeah. at least i don't know yeah, do you agree I think, I think valve has just been really scared to try something in na because of just the dwindling viewership count and like the low presence of mm-hmm. na players so i mean it shouldn't stop them i think they definitely should do it but you know is valve gonna do it no idea or not valve are the to's gonna do it no idea maybe they don't find it economically feasible to invest in na because like majority of counter-strike viewers all come from europe or brazil um there has to be a demand and i'm not really sure if cs would they may have to go with like a smaller arena kind of like the aganis arena for boston like they can't do like a madison square garden like i think that's too big like league is msg level valorant may be msg level in a few years but probably not counter-strike i mean counter-strike they did esl new york at barclays center and they didn't even fill up that particular stadium much yeah but I mean, it's just like if you're building off the hype and you, you see all these majors and like they're all just like in not even NA people from other countries would come and fly as well. Yeah, if you just have that many people come in and that de- because CS is a very dedicated community. You'll have the dedicators will fly anywhere around the world just to see a major. I mean, mm-hmm. if anybody had the money, I mean, if you mean you had the money, we both would love we would go, both go to a major just because like I would love to go to Brazil. Yeah, me too. Who wouldn't want to go to Rio de Janeiro for the CS major? Like, that sounds Like, you know, everyone there loves CS, so I... Oh, my God. Have you been watching the CS major at all? Yeah, it's been crazy. Like, we're in in challenges, by the way. So, like, essentially, like, there's levels to the CS major. Yeah. So, for people who don't know, challengers, essentially, you have to qualify for the qualify to the playoffs, essentially. Yeah. So, that alone was sold out crowds. It felt like a playoff stadium. It felt like a finals. And you you can hear the audience like chanting in the background. I'm like, oh my god, this this isn't even the the actual day, dude. I'm so excited like, for the actual like, like teams like Navi, Phase, Heroics. None of them were playing, and it felt like the intensity of the stadium was insane. Yeah. So it's just like it makes it just it shows that CS is it's not gonna die. CS will never die. No. CS will never die. But the NA scene, if it had the NA scene's backing, it would only make it better. It would only get better. It, it would only, only get, better, get better. Again, yeah. we can only hope. <laughs> I mean, so, I'm here. I'm with Carrie Esports trying to, trying to do something, trying to yeah. make a difference. I know Bad News. NA I don't know if you saw Bad News bad Eagles. News they, bad News Bears. Oh, Bad Bears. News Eagles. Uh, bad News uh, Eagles. They made the Legend stage. So that's huge. I think they're like a nonprofit org as well. Like they're just. They a bunch are of dudes. not an actual organization. They're literally just a bunch of dudes. Yeah, just, just doing a bunch their of thing. dudes randomly are in the legend stage against playing against like teams <laughs> like Navi, Phase, and Nick. That's so funny. That's insane. If they make the yeah. playoffs, that's only crazy because I know recently TSM was saying we want to get back into CSGO. Yeah. So would they? Uh, so it's now the question is: Would they invest into an NA team, or would they take the safe option and let's go to a, a European or a Brazilian team? really up to tsm to decide it's it's really what their focus is what they want to focus on do they want to focus in developing and fostering and and honing in on the skills of na players or do they want to kind of just get a really good team from the cis region or from the EU region and call it a day and cash in it 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 depends on their desire because they could go down the route of cloud nine and completely pick up a russian team or they can go down the evil geniuses route and pick up three NA teams, yeah. right? Like they have a main roster, an academy, and then an academy to the academy. Yeah, main roster, academy roster, female roster. No, no, and then there's one more academy roster, a male roster because it's three teams. Oh yeah, 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 and they have yeah, I'm saying, and they have a female team, so it's like they have four team, they have four like CS teams essentially. No, they only have three. They have EG White, EG Black, and EG Female. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the EG EG Black is like Carp Diem. EG White is like the actual team. Um, And then Evil Genius is female. Ah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely the safest. I mean... TSM needs to go big or go home. It depends on, like, if they want to really try to bring back the NA scene. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's really up to them. But 
We can only know because they they haven't they said next year because I know the majors already happened. You can't really mm-hmm. buy a roster right now, so it, it it's definitely interesting to see. So, but I think we've reached the end, and uh, as you yeah. know, we have a traditional question. Mm. So we want to know what is your go to boba order. All right, you ready? Yeah. Purple sweet potato smoothie with boba pearls. So freaking good. It is very unorthodox. You can only get it at like certain stores like Gong Chao, which is like my local boba place. They have it. It's really good. Like, and I, I told you this, but it, it's very naturally sweet. So if you if you don't want something that's going to that that feels like it's going to kill you. Purple sweet potato smoothie. So good. I like the I like it because we uh, you're, that's the most creative one we've had so far. Everyone's yeah. just a regular is like oh taro milk or just they've never no. had boba or they just don't have boba. No, so no purple sweet potato smoothie and I stand by it. All right, I'm happy for that. So that's it for the podcast, guys. Appreciate you guys listening. Thank you, uh, thank you, Carrie, for coming on. If you have any projects you want to uh, uh, announce, if you have anything you want to plug in, you're more than welcome to. Sure. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Carrie Esports, K-A-R-I Esports. Uh, if you want to keep up with anything Carrie Esports related, or if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Carrie Ann Tan, uh, K-A-R-I-A-N-N-N-T-A-N. And uh, yeah, I'll be around. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys for coming and listening. I love you guys. I'll see you then. Bye.